Hello, you're listening to Exploring Your Story with me, Rachel Kaysen, and this week is part two of our series Exploring Stories, and uh, we're going to continue to just spend some time with our stories, and this week especially looking at how we locate ourselves in our stories. So last week we spent some time thinking about what our stories mean to us, their significance, their importance in shaping our sense of history and where we stand now in our lives. And today I wanted to spend some more time kind of zooming into to the character that we are, the character that unfolds within our story. Last week I asked you to reflect on the stories that meant a lot to you as a child. And this week I want to similarly ask you to reflect on stories from childhood, but this time on your favourite characters. Are they coming to mind? For me, my favourite characters were these strong female heroines who really wrestled with their sense of identity. My particular favourite was Anne of Anne of Green Gables. Who's read that? I read the whole series and sobbed most of the way through and they were really formative stories. For those of you who haven't had the joy of reading Anne of Green Gables, I'll give you a brief synopsis. Anne is an orphan child. She's about eight or nine and true fans will um, jump on me if I've got that wrong. She's adopted by accident when an older couple, brother and sister, running a farm, want to adopt a child to help with the running of that farm and they want a boy. They want a boy for his strength to be trained up to take over on the farm and instead wires get crossed and they accidentally adopt a girl. And this girl is a girl of huge vocabulary and imagination, a huge sense of adventure, a real sense of her own destiny. She has had a difficult beginning and has sunk herself into stories of heroines and tragedy and greatness and she can't stop talking. And this couple aren't really quite sure what to do with her but she wins them over. She's a very human character and gets into lots of scrapes as every heroine in a child's book will do. But the way she extricates herself from these scrapes, taking hearts and minds with her, of course, is often simply by being a kind of unadulterated her. She spills over even when she tries to contain herself and become more socially acceptable to the people around her. But she just oozes of herself. And I loved this character. I loved her honesty. I loved how she couldn't hide even when it would have served her better to have hidden or held back her words. She was just unapologetically herself and a magnet that drew other people to her as a result. No prizes for guessing who I wanted to be more like as a child. I wanted to be more me unapologetically, messily me. And I think it's probably the work of my adult life to create space for the little Anne in me to thrive, to become, 
What about your own story? What character were you drawn to that you can see reflected in your own histories? Perhaps there isn't a name that springs to mind. Perhaps it's not a character you ever found in a book. Perhaps it feels more typecast than that. Do you find that you play heroine or hero in your own story? Or would you find yourself more easily identified as victim? Or survivor? Or even villain? What character do you embody in your own life, in the story that is playing out day by day? The other day I was watching one of my favourite TV dramas, which is a detective show of questionable plot depth, but I really love these shows. Um, That aside... In this particular episode, the detectives were um, embroiled, if you like, in a world of role-playing games in real life where people would dress up as princesses or, or pages and they would have battles in the local forest and they would escape their real life for a time and play these role-play games for real and they would create characters. And one of the phrases that really struck me as I watched this show was that these characters had a very clear sense of their character goals. They had to believe in who they were playing. It um, has been compared to a kind of dragons and dungeons, or dungeons and dragons, which is it? That's how familiar I am with this world. But these role-play games have a huge um, appeal to large numbers of people that escape from real life and yet they identify very closely with their characters. But this phrase, what is your character goal, really struck me as quite a useful way in to understanding our own characters in our own stories. In Anne of Green Gables, Anne's character goals revolved around being true to who she was, being fiercely loyal to her friends and trying her best to clear up any mess that she left in her wake. Her character goals were challenging to people around her because she often spoke the truth that they left unsaid. What are my character goals? Where do my values and aims and priorities lie? It's a really useful exercise to just stop and reflect on those values and priorities that drive our characters in our stories. What motivates you? Do you have a sense of your character goals? If you had to communicate to somebody else how to play you in the story of your life, how would you help them understand what drives you? What would you tell them? It's possible that your character goals have changed over time. I know that for me, my life before my child and my life after having had my child would reveal very different character goals. I had different drives, different perspectives, different motivations. 
Not completely or entirely, I am after all still me, still the same character, but I did shift. Priorities that perhaps led me towards much more people-pleasing before my child have shifted. A child demands so much more of your own attention close to home. It helps to keep them in mind when making decisions. And as a result, our decisions can shift and change. Perhaps your character goals pre-being a homeowner are different from now that you have a home to run and keep for yourself. Perhaps your career path has shifted your character goals. Perhaps you've moved country or culture. And with that move, perhaps your goals and values have shifted as well. The group of people that I work with therapeutically have often shifted country multiple times in childhood and as such they've shifted cultures as well. Cultures differ hugely and often in more subtle ways than immediately appear and to adapt to each cultural grouping these third culture kids, people who like myself moved around a lot growing up can find that their goals and their motivations and even their values can appear to shift significantly when they're in different groups of people or with different cultures. This can feel quite unnerving. We can have a sense of loss, a sense of confusion, a sense of looking in two directions at once. For some people who are battling chronic illness, goals and priorities and values, we can have a love-hate relationship with them. I suffer joint pain with my hypermobility EDS syndrome and like many others I have to do a thing called pacing. I have to listen to my body and gauge what it's able to do at any given moment and how best to use the energy that I have to avoid crashes or burnout. I didn't used to have to do this. My character goals, my character's abilities, before I had a flare-up of joint pain and discomfort with my EDS getting worse, I was able to do things without having to think about the physical consequences of them. I was able to go running, I was able to meet 100 people in one day, I was able to work physically very hard. It's shifted now. I behave differently as a character and I have different ways of making decisions. What changes have you incurred in your story that have impacted on your character goals? And how do you feel about that? That's a very counsellory question, isn't it? How do you feel about that? Because where there is hurt or fear or resentment or simply grief, how we feel about our stories then becomes quite complex. How have your character goals changed over time? 
And how has this changed your story or your feelings about your story? Indeed, I wonder how much our characters actually feel as if they're shaping the story or is it the other way around? Do we feel more shaped by our stories to become who we are? It's a very chicken and egg kind of question. Do we become what fits our circumstances or do we shape our circumstances? I suspect it's a bit of both. But understanding the context, understanding the story through which we have become ourselves or understanding the way we have created our story This is a source of great insight, self-awareness and a huge opportunity for self-compassion. Nobody does anything because they think it's a stupid idea. And where we have made decisions that have shaped our stories, we had reasons. We had reasons that felt good at the time, or at least the best on offer. Can we be compassionate towards our decision-making? Can we feel compassion towards our characters? Have you collected characters along the way that you have actually wanted to shed? Perhaps they felt less like a character and more of a label. I'm very, very aware of the moment that I stopped identifying myself as married and instead identified myself as a single mother. That was a painful character change for me. It felt like a stigma and it felt like a label. It felt like it shouted failure from the rooftops. And my response to that shift in characterization was to both self-critique, self-blame and a desire to, to dig deep and prove the label wrong became hugely driving and important in my story. I chased for years being able to prove I was not the single mother label. I feel a certain amount of shame even saying that because in trying so hard to prove I wasn't your typical single mother, I did a huge disservice to single mothers. Why did I want so hard to not belong to that group of characters? Why did I run away from that character for so long? Understanding the context of my story, believing in my own story, finding myself in my own story beyond the label has increased my ability to feel compassionate towards myself and others. And that label, that character is single mother I've been able to embrace and celebrate my abilities, my successes and my weaknesses 
as a single parent. I've been able to reach for help when I've needed it, much more willingly and with a great deal less shame. Once that character loomed less large as manifesting my entire sense of identity. Characters and labels help us to understand our stories. We understand who we have been playing in the narrative of our own lives, but ultimately, strip them all away and there is you. There is beautiful, glorious, complex, stereotype-busting you. Where are you in your story? Who have you been playing Who have you been playing that you didn't want to play? And what fears lie underneath that resistance? Where is there room to see yourself beyond the character or within the character or through the character or whatever makes most sense to you? Where are you in your story? What characters do you want to put down today? Who do you no longer want to be? And what's left if you put them down? Who are you going to pick up? Who is there left? Who's waiting in the wings, ready to enter your story? This is where we can really dig deep and think about all those moments where we made a decision to not be that other part of ourselves. Maybe the fierce, protective part of ourselves, the truth teller, the peacemaker, the homemaker, the career person, the parent, the auntie, the daughter, the son. There are so many parts that we can play in our own stories. Where are you in your story? And where are you most busily working away writing? Are there characters that remain to be seen? What do you think today? I remember working with a coach a few years ago now and explaining my frustration and constant feeling of failure between trying to be the character of the stay-at-home mum and try to maintain the character of the self-employed part-time businesswoman. And I was trying to explain to her how important it was that I was successful at both and how frustrating it was that I found it difficult to work in my home when my home was, in my eyes, a bit of a mess. And I will always remember what she said to me. She said, Rachel, why shouldn't your home look like you are a working single parent? And that brought me up short. Why couldn't my story 
reflect the complexity and messiness of the complex roles I was playing. I was trying to make my home look like it had my full 100% attention and I was trying to make my business look like it had my full 100% attention as if I could work a 60-hour week. And these things were just not true. They just weren't real. It wasn't my story. My story was that I did both and that they would both be a bit messy. And the release I felt from this was immense. And I would extend the invitation to you to look at your story. Is it reflecting you? Where are you in your story? Where can you put down the pressures to be somebody other than you are? And instead, be gloriously you. Thank you for listening to Exploring Your Story with Rachel Kaysen. Tune in next week for part three. And in part three, we're going to look some more about how your story can reflect you and how we tell our story in a way that really reflects who we are.